morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And I think we're probably going to hear a little bit of uh, this band today. Who? Rush. Oh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm um, just teasing. I know Brian's a big music fan and uh, unfortunately the drummer, drummer passed away a couple of days ago. Mm. So uh, I, I have a feeling we'll probably hear a little bit of Rush, which is a great thing. Great Canadian rock and roll band. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I just got a comment, a little sports talk which I know uh, Brian's a fan, and I'm a fan, and Joanna, mm. of course, is a fan. Of course, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> guilty by association. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Great Flames game last night. To yeah. Chuck uh, schooled Cassian on uh, absolutely. <laughs> I loved it. You were at the game? Yeah. Yep. yeah. My son uh, Derek and I were at the game, and uh, it was awesome. Like to chuck this school the guy and very cool. Just kept lining them up. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. It I was, feel like uh, when I first moved to Canada, we you know, we times were tough. We were yeah. we were pinching pennies left, right, and center. Um, but uh, my husband and I made it to a, a a live flames game. I'd never been down to to the area. I'd never been to Stampede yeah. Downs. Like it was I moved here in December. <laughs> I was like total culture shock and thought I knew what winter was and yeah but we went to this uh, game I don't even remember who they played I had never been to a hockey game ever in my life so not when you lived in Detroit area no well I never I never was close enough I've seen basketball I've seen NBA games I've seen big concerts down there but never never the Red Wings which was I guess you know you're going to say if I'm from Michigan I'd be cheering for them yeah Um, but we were way way up in the nosebleeds I felt like I was going to fall over just by (laughs) leaning to (laughs) grab my drink it was so exhilarating. I loved it. And uh, right before Christmas this last year, uh, my sister-in-law treated us all, the whole family, to a game. Oh, awesome. uh, yeah, it was so nice. Again, we were up in the nosebleed section, and it was just so fun. It was so fun to see. I don't really even know the rules, and I feel like people are going to drive me right out of the city, but no. I love live sports. It was really, it was an awesome time. Awesome. Yeah, yeah no, it is. It is a lot of fun, and it's uh, always the Battle of Alberta is lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can chat about that. They can beat us in growing cedars. That's yeah. what they have going for them up there. Yeah. Because it just stays frozen. Because <laughs> it stays cold. And yeah. The, the it, but se- it is kind of weird. Like so many people think that plants um, are affected by cold, which they are. In good ways, though, right? Absolutely. Like the reason you don't get things like apple trees or blueberries in the tropics is because those plants need that cool. that dormant time. They need those cold snaps. Um, they need. And I was chatting too about um, chatting with a client yesterday uh, about they come from Toronto. And we were talking about growing vegetables and how they miss being able to just throw a tomato seed in the ground in the garden and then pick tomatoes, you know. You can you someone can, do that. You, you know, a couple of years ago. Tricks, but there's more disease there, right? There's more, um, there's blight, there's more uh, bacterial stuff going on because the winters aren't cold enough to... Absolutely. But they, yeah. and when you're growing a tomato, the, you should, if you are using seed, you grow them for a bit. They get about two or three inches high. Yep. You take them out. You should transplant them. I like going nice and deep. Yep. Or even laying them, them sideways. At that time, to, yeah. Yeah. And then, again, I, I would always transplant them one more time, like sort of go into a three or four inch pot. And then from the four inch, I'd go right into like a, like a 10 gallon or a 15 gallon yeah. pot. Nice and deep, bury three quarters of it. And some of you always look at me when I do that. And when I'm at the till, when I'm helping customers, yeah. I always say, I peel off some of the bottom leaves. And I say, bury it right up to here. And they're like, really? I said, yeah. See yeah. all those hairs on the side of the, 
of the main stem on the tomato. Little bumpy yeah, nodes. Those are all just going to turn into major roots, and then you're going to have a super sturdy tomato instead of one that flops around. And that is a that is a skill to embrace. I think I had never thought about doing that, planting deep or even turning, you know, tr- making a bit of a trench, putting them sideways. Uh, until I moved here because I didn't have to. I didn't have to think about little season shorteners or like little jump starts, yeah. right? So those little tips and tricks are But a couple of years ago, there was a thing going on Facebook about you slice a tomato. Mm-hmm. All right. Like thin slice and then yeah. the seeds would be in there you and you lay the seeds right in the, right in the soil. Yeah. And John, who phones in all the time. Yeah. Um, he did it and he, uh, sent me some pictures. Nice. No, actually, sorry. It wasn't, it was, uh, sorry. It wasn't John. It was Stan Carver oh, okay. who, yeah. uh, who does all the orchids and mm-hmm. he has veggies growing. Sorry, Stan. And sorry, John. Okay, you guys can <laughs> John grows veggies well, they too. both yeah. live out in the same area. Yeah, They're both Lakeview out the, area. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Woodbine. Um, Stan's in Woodbine and, and, uh, and John's in, in the Lakeview area. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so he had grown them and uh, and it worked great. The only thing I'd recommend if you do it, they will grow in the clusters because in that slice of You'll tomato, have to thin them, right? There's yeah. probably fifty seeds, right? Yeah, so, yeah. but it grows okay. like it's kind of neat. Though. Thin them out, give some to your friends. You know, prick them out. Whatever you can, you can have more. Or you can just pull them out. And Not many people know that ner- that term. Prick them out. <laughs> prick them. Well, you're okay. Think of this tiny little green yeah. hair, yeah. which is basically your seedling. You have to be really careful when you're moving that teeny tiny baby well when we were growing at sunnyside we had mobile trailers and Mm -hmm. we'd have like 100 trays or probably no probably 150 200 trays Mm -hmm. of like 10 little uh, bedding out baskets in each tray Mm -hmm. so you'd have 100 of them but they would have that would be for bedding out would be planting yeah your succession planning in a way we had the prick out girls Oh. But they were because that's because <laughs> they were fast and, yeah, and no, efficient. Absolutely, you know, you had to. Yeah, you, they would, we would send them, but we, we'd have all the greenhouses. So it would be like a mobile planting crew. So we yep. just move the trailers you to the next house. You have one crew dibble, which is poking the hole. That's a fancy way of saying just getting the hole. No, these girls for, all did the same. They'd pull the plant. They they would just prick out. They would just one, plant the yep. whole thing. You become kind of like a machine. But I remember my early days. Uh, I worked at a landscape company that had no greenhouses. We just had all outdoor grown. And we would get um, we would get containers full of bare root, so yeah. irises, daylilies, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we used to do that too. And the season was long enough in northern Michigan that we would just have a flatbed trailer. We'd dump them all on the flatbed, and we just as we um, scooped the pot full of soil, had the bare root, you know, plant in it, plant it right up to the right height, and then there's like a conveyor belt of humans just laying them down on the black fabric. Um, you're and making me get all kind of flashbacks I of know, the planted trolleys. It'd be like a hair, you know, yeah. and then all the different bulbs. But and that was, so for me, I was just out of high school. I was working two jobs. I was working at that nursery, which is basically a tree farm um, with some that, you know, kind of sampled some perennials and some shrubs and that. Um, I had no real prior knowledge of horticulture or plant propagation or anything, but I I had a great work ethic. I would finish there at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m., go down the hill to the deli and manage the deli until they closed at 11. So I was working six days a week from 6 a.m. till 11 p.m. I was making tons of cash um, because I had to pay for my university. But it's kind of funny. I was just thinking about this because I I spend a fair bit of time on social media because I have to with work and I I do some Instagram. and and share. um, 
the hashtag I see the most of with the younger generation is exhausted. Huh. And I just think what? they have no idea. It's a no, different not- generation. Like exhausted. I, you know how many times we hear that from even mm. some of the people that work at the store. Yeah, I get and you. then you have I the, see that. the our work. generation like I go pretty hard at work and I'm going around yeah, and that's an understatement. And you guys <laughs> but you guys all we all work pretty hard, but, but very rarely I hear yeah. it from the our crew. It's sometimes the younger generation you hear I think- I'm exhausted. Well, that's building work ethic, and I think there's a but fine balance there. But they've there. been told that so much that mm. it's in their head. And I feel like if you, you gotta, if you're passionate about what you're doing, it doesn't your energy level will rise to it. Yeah, and and just for 2020, like don't tell yourself that you're exhausted because if not, you tell not, yourself not out of the blocks, like come on, you got to face mind, yourself. <laughs> well, because the mind is so strong, right? And you can yeah. create yourself into a negative. That's true. Um, environment. If, if you keep telling yourself, those around you, you know, if yeah. you if you yawn, I'll probably yawn too. <laughs> no, but that's one thing. That, like I said, I enjoy. Like I love when you get the plants going, and uh, and we're just we're just uh, fixing up the greenhouse, changing a couple things in our greenhouse right now. So um, we cleared out a bunch of um, house plants, and we're getting a whole bunch more in this coming week. A um, bunch of fresh new house plants, but I always just love when all the new plants start coming in. Yeah, it reminds then, you why you got into this business. Oh, absolutely, right? like love what, it. Those first summer jobs, maybe we did, ha- we didn't have any idea what they would lead to. But you know, for me, it influenced what I studied in university. Um, it's influenced every job I've ever had. I've worked in the food industry. I've worked in community development, and I miss this type of work. And it's always. <laughs> It, it features heavily in my in well, my life. Food so. and and you're you're a big part of that. And I had a had a great meeting with a with a with a neighbor who's become a friend. Um, we were chatting. He's a bit of a visionary, and and he just says, "I think you're on the cusp of of some great things, mm-hmm. and we just have to pay attention to um, growing." green like and how we're going to bring that stewards really like how are we going to bring this into our business like how do we bring the next what's the next thing coming up in our business like always the growing boxes looking forward yeah and it's a lot of the time we're taking things that have been around a long time and breathing fresh fresh energy into them and reminding people that we already keto gardening keto gardening okay keto seeds okay uh-oh. Uh, I know. We're going to label it all keto now. That yeah, way. You have to Google that on the break. Or you tell me what that is when we come back. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. we're supposed to eat lots of meat, but there's lots of oh. there's lots of veggies you can eat in keto, too. So Should we it. push for uh, backyard chickens and goats? Yeah. Have your <laughs> okay. own little chop-chop. And then... <laughs> meat rabbits? I don't well, know. Well, my you friend in that. Mexico, Steve, I don't know, sometimes he listens here on when he's down, he's down in Mexico right now, but he was one of those guys on the news a few years ago who had the chickens up in Cranston. Oh. Okay. So him, he had the chicken the coops. exotic uh, songbirds, as some people call them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exotic songbirds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve, is that what you called them? Yeah. yeah. And it just, yeah. Uh, I know Steve's mom, she lives in Calgary here, so hi to, hi to Steve's nice. mom. There are trailblazers. I, I love that word. Yeah. You use visionary. Um, all of us have visionaries in our own neighborhood, and if we can meet up and start to daydream with them about... Um, what our gardens could look like or, or where our property line, you know, maybe take offense. Because you're, you're starting pretty heavily now on the planning state. You had five meetings yesterday yeah. with clients. So that's sort of where we're at yep. right now. And uh, we'll touch on that after the break, which we do have to take. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open 403-974-8255 
or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. listening for a little bit. I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that song gets you into a groove. Absolutely. And uh, Let's the Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted tree service company for removal or pruning. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right. And we were touching on, uh, we talked about uh, keto Keto gardening. The keto diet. Yeah, I, I mean, just a quick overview. It's a big, I'm sure huge term most right now. people know what it is, but if not, it's basically focus. I know it goes deeper than this, but the gist is low carbs, right? So we're focusing on so healthy proteins. We don't, grow, we don't grow bread, so there you no, go. No, there you go. Maybe <laughs> if you guys are growing wheat in your garden, like, I don't know. I'm sure you're not growing it in a way that yeah. you're uh, making a whole loaf of bread, but if you are, that's awesome. Um, so things you would look for. Things you might turn away from in the keto garden would be um, starchier vegetables like potatoes, parsnips, um, beets to an extent. Uh, There's really, basically, if you're planting a keto garden, you could probably call any garden a keto garden. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, right? Because we know that the vegetables we're growing are healthy for us. You're really not, it's pretty foolproof, right? But ones that you could really focus on, and they're so easy to grow in Calgary, uh, greens. So lettuces, there's a zillion and one varieties of awesome heritage lettuces that'll keep uh, giving giving back all summer, and most of them will self-seed. So once you buy Fresh a pack of lettuce seeds, grown lettuce is oh, so good. Eh? It's amazing. Get out there, get it quick so that you're not uh, going to let it bolt, uh, which it can tend to do once we get the heat of summer and on. I th- and I think that's an important thing. When people start growing, um, make sure you have good soil. Absolutely. Because that really helps prevent bolting too. Because sometimes if the soil is really rough and kind of not great, it sort of dried. And, mm-hmm. Maybe they're and, stressed and they're going and they into just, that flower they just, Yeah, mode. they just go straight up right away. They, there's nothing in there to get the roots. So make sure you're feeding um, your your root things. And your soil. Of, yeah, like Feed the 15, soil, 30, the 15. Yep. yep. Um, let's see other things that I loved on this uh, list of keto-friendly garden veggies. We've got asparagus, um, tomatoes, peppers, garlic, eggplant, broccoli, green beans, zucchini. Cucumbers, pumpkins. So it gave us this idea that at the shop, um, we are so excited we're getting our 2020 season seeds in. Um, so we'll be ha- building our displays for the for the seeds in the shop. And I think it would be so cool to have a little area for those of us that are following a particular diet, especially one around keto, you could come in and see which veggies would be great. And what I'm noticing when I'm you know researching this a bit is that herbs... Um, Vegetables that go really well with meat. Yeah. Like, you know, have a steak and have a big salad. Why yeah. not? Or have some, like, uh, asparagus, grilled asparagus, mm. or mar- you know, marinate your asparagus. Same, get the same marinade going on your asparagus as your meat. Um, green beans, zucchini, all those things can be cooked right along with your meat, often even right on a barbecue, or if you're going to slow cook some of these things, um, or go ahead and eat them fresh too. And there, and a lot of these things listed out are really easy to grow here. So the greens, the garlic, um, the beans, uh, things like that are herbs, you know, herbs are 
pick your own herbs and make your marinades with those, right? Like oh, nothing beats really it's fresh. It's so good. Yep. You can take, you'll taste it in every part of your meal. So we you'll get, be happier on that diet. On, <laughs> on some of the stuff on, uh, like for cooking, um, we get, um, we use uh, good fresh or fresh good or some one of those yep. or these chefs play like delivered to the door kind yeah, of yeah but mm-hmm. what it is and it's not it's not made for you already but what it does it it comes all the all the veggies and everything are just comes in a proportion mm-hmm. so you still have to cut up your tomato you still have to cut but we just find that we waste away less because I'm not buying a pack of peppers I'm not buying a thing so it comes with what you need like it yep. comes with the one pepper or the tomato or this or that yeah. So it, it it's so we we've liked that we do we use it usually get two or three meals a week delivered and it is and it also this saves that uh, what do you want for dinner yeah what do you want <laughs> for dinner and already, then you're not feeling that exhaustion that everyone else well is you pull the bag out and it comes up with stuff that you would never cook before right but I know my wife Carolyn some ideas she really likes it because she you get to make your own sauces because nice. it just comes with the ingredients and you make your own sauce so you make your own dressing too. absolutely nice. very cool and uh, um, we got a great text from a listener who says since growing herbs my cooking has greatly improved flavor 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 it's so true it's I think that's why we, we've talked about this recently with like lemons and citrus mm-hmm. that $40 lemon you know but you work so hard for that lemon you love that lemon it will taste good no matter what it's well, even, fresh it's right there your kids can pick it for you it's there's just so much more to it than just feeding well, make, yourself make your own bruschetta right yeah and make your I own know salsa. my kids love that like even a slice of a tomato on toast yeah. like it's it's just gonna take you to another place than a store-bought tomato would right absolutely so. and it's and it's kind of been a trend for a while but we're gonna make it another trend this year absolutely because uh we need uh we need to grow our own food we need to uh help save a little bit of money and uh i and think community resilience focusing on food security like just communicating with your neighbors on what's going on and what people might need or have more of. It's just really the, the biggest like, problem I think when people start gardening though to like community going too or big. yeah yep they come in you know they what? buy five hundred packs of seeds and so many just times get five I just stop get those three. people yeah get, like, I just honestly, say to them yeah just slow down yeah like I want to see you succeed I want to sell you all those seeds absolutely yeah but I also want to see you come back next week or the week after yeah. two weeks yeah. and not just end up throwing it all away because you got so frustrated overwhelmed yeah it's it's a big thing especially in that steeper part of the yeah. learning curve people and you will have failure you will have setbacks we there's things in gardening that are so out of our control but if you start with a lot of the simple stuff like we like we did at, even at global mm-hmm. we had radishes in there we had carrots we had lettuce the Love. likely to succeed ones. I, when I worked with the Alex, we didn't get a seed in the ground until July, beginning of July. But I will tell you what, I and I was skeptical. I thought, you know, okay, we're going to push for radishes and greens and have some success here. We were picking cantaloupe from the started from you seed, direct beds? sowed. Yep, yeah. raised beds on blacktop, lots of love, lots of volunteer help. Awesome. Yeah. All right, speaking of that, we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. 
And uh, and Joanna and I will not talk over each other. We got both got excited <laughs> on this so keto thing. We get so excited. Oh, look, I'm already See talking that? over uh, you. Stop oh. it. Oh. You gotta let me oh. talk a little bit. All right. Okay. okay. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna, Brian's going to turn your mic off. Okay. Just kidding. I'll go back to sleep. No, I'm just um, kidding. We got a great picture <laughs> from John who sent in a picture of snow farming. And it is a great thing. It, it was a picture of his big spruce tree in his front yard. And you can just see underneath the canopy, there's absolutely no snow. And then he took a before and after where he filled up the underneath the spruce tree with snow. And that's exactly what snow farming is. It's you just, just move snow to where you want it because when it melts, it will go down through the drip line of the tree to the roots. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. So that's uh, perfect. And thanks for that. And uh, I did get a picture as well. We got... Uh, this arrow garden is my winter garden, great for growing herbs as well. And and they are good, like those little portable growers. I know we have uh, one with a tray. It has a grow light attachment. And Everything you need, really, yeah. right there. And yeah. the picture the, the listener sent in is so nice. I can see big, leafy greens, and Ooh. they mentioned the herbs. So there's a way to have... You know, your green thumbs being exercised all winter. And then also the bonus is you're picking lettuce and herbs from your own spot right inside. So. And I know our commercial that was on said our seeds and grower supplies are in. They're not quite in. They were supposed to be in, but they will be in this week. We have everything getting ready to set up. So uh, I am so excited for seeds. I can't. My neighbor got the seed catalog that I sometimes order from William Dam a couple, you know, she got it a, a few days before I did. And I was just like, oh, where's mine? I kept checking the mailbox, but I'm, I'm so excited to check out Pacific West seeds. Cause yep, that's we new have our to new me. local seed company that we will have at Spruce It Up this year. And I have, I, I love, um, the wild rose heritage seeds. I can't say enough good about their seeds. They're right out of Lethbridge. I know everything they trial is going to do well in my garden and I, when I buy from them, it's a family-run business. Um, the germination rate on their seeds is through the roof. So I know I'm spending my hard-earned money very well. And uh, a lot of their varieties are things that I can actually save seeds from. So when I show my kids how to do that or I'm teaching a class, Don't I know... Don't tell Shane you're saving his seeds. Uh, no, no but kidding. you know, like uh, they're heritage seeds, some of them. So you, got, you, you can do that. On hybrid seeds, you wouldn't necessarily want to do that, but... I like keeping my options open. So yep. that's, I'm really excited to see seeds coming in. Um, yeah, we had another um, another text come in here. They're asking about, uh, they have emerald spire crab apples. And it looks like they're yellowing up on the bottom a little bit. They've been hitting them with Rage Plus and 2020-20 fertilizer later in the season. It looks a bit, they look a bit chlorotic to me. The leaves are a bit yellow. Um, yeah. What do you uh, what do you think on those photos? I would they need a, a good shot of micronized iron. Um iron chelates would definitely help give them a good shot of that. And how do you apply that? Well we have a, a water soluble um iron chelate that you can mix with water, you okay. pour it in around it. Okay. Um, also used in the thirty ten ten has a higher iron content in it. But when they get fairly chlorotic like that, um they need a, I would just go straight to the iron chelates. Mix it up into the water, pour it in, water your trees first really well, mm. and then uh, give them a shot of that, and uh, that will make a big difference. And I'm, I'm not too sure, was there bark mulch, fresh bark mulch underneath there? Um, Hard to tell. Uh, the picture's mainly of, it looks like it, the 
Uh, yeah, actually, it looks like bare soil. So there's okay. a lot of um, there's a lot of undergrowth under those. But um, it's up against the house, so it is yep. one of those spots where the soil does get depleted mm-hmm. um, because the it gets beat by the sun. Probably not off. enough water. Yep. Right. So even if, I mean, even if they're irrigating, just the fact that they're not getting as much water as the plants in the farther out away from the house just means that, again, it's not necessarily just the water uptake. It's also the life in the soil and the ability for that life in the soil to be as active um, and using that natural water to break down uh, nutrients and feed the plant. So great, great question. Great photos. Um, They also asked, what is the largest evergreen um, to screen out an unsightly view? So right off the top of my head, spruce. Yep, the big spruce, ponderosa yep. pines get nice and wide, mm-hmm. and depends how far away you're doing it, if it, it's just beside the neighbor. Um, the mountain pines, if they're planted in a row, they'll they'll get um, almost all, it depends, it, it, I'll just be honest, it, it just takes so long to get big to create that screen, so mm-hmm. when you plant a tree that's 8 feet high, it's going to be 10, 15 years before you get a big spruce tree that's mm-hmm. going to give you some screen. Um, so you're much better off. Um, a lot of our deciduous trees will give you great screening and give it and happen first. And then mm-hmm. you can plant some more ornamental. So you use your Swedish columnar aspens in the back row. And then in front, add some columnar aspens, some pines. Mm-hmm. Upright junipers, yeah. mountain pines work really well. Um, if you're looking for that 365-day-a-year screening, the aspens you talk about grow a lot faster than evergreens, and, right? Yes, and so, and when they're planted close enough, even in the winter, they still create the screen because yep. they're they're really quite thick. So you get lots of branching. Yep. And I've used them in in lots of houses in different places. It still gives you that winter screen. It yep. still because it blocks it out, and really you don't notice what's behind it. You're more looking at the trees, so the view is still there. Maybe if you look hard enough, but you're focused on the green. Yeah, leaves, so. uh, yeah. Just unfortunately, it just takes so long. Um, and even starting with 12 or 14 foot spruce, um, we can definitely plant those. We do that all the time. Yep. Um, it, obviously, the cost goes up quite considerably when you get to that size because the basket gets quite big mm-hmm. and you have to have it's all Different done. machinery but, to move it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, those are great questions, though. Um, what but else? that comes up a lot. Like if we're talking about design, mm-hmm. privacy nowadays, the smaller lots, taller mm-hmm. houses. Mm-hmm. It's these urban lots are almost it, they're such a unique challenge because we want to maximize space and everybody wants their landscape like to look mature tomorrow, <laughs> but we're all on a budget. So um, there's some really interesting things that you can do phasing, um, getting planting in layers, as Merle talked about doing things um, sort of in a tiered effect and getting um, I always like to my analogy with clients is that we try to put the bones in place first and then we flesh it out as we go through time next season maybe you allocate some of your budget for shrubs for the front or then you create that sort of sitting area with your your cut flowers and that but you would start with your trees you start with generally your big stuff or your hardscape maybe part of your privacy um, wants are a, a, like a trellis or a um, you know, so you'd start with those bones, those bigger pieces, and then you'd work from there. Um, and, you know, more than happy to chat with people individually in consultations, but you kind of, you have to come up with a phased plan generally. And, and so. you, you mentioned um, privacy screens. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did a really nice one in Sundance, did a really nice deck where he has an outdoor fireplace. Um, 
barbecue built in. It's, it's he's created such a oasis, him and his wife, and and we were we were lucky to work with them. It was nice, and they went with the Lexa and roof over top. Mm-hmm. And I know that got one of a, a new client excited about it. Yep. So you you met with them this past yep, week, so absolutely. getting that going. Um, but that just creates this extends the season. But and the one in Sundance, we we. Because it was just was sort of along a pathway and right onto their beautiful new living space. The house windows are right there. So we put mm-hmm. up a decorative privacy screen perfect, in front of the chain link fence. And it just it blocked it out perfect. So it, it's not offensive to the neighbor either because they get to look onto a right. really nice um, privacy screen. But it also, it just provides that little bit of privacy for, for the folks who wanted to be able to sit outside in front of the fireplace mm-hmm. without looking over into the neighbor doing yeah. the dishes and you yeah. wave. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make uh, eye contact every time you're out there. Yeah, which is it's not always super comfortable. And, uh, and Well, we live in kind of tight quarters, right? Yeah. A lot of folks' backyards, you know, you, you could share a fence line with five different neighbors, you know, so you really, and it's not rude. It, there's ways to do it um, where it's subtle. You can soften things with plantings. Um, you can get some really beautiful custom woodwork done. And people, you know, that's a lifelong investment and that increases the value of your home and just the quality of how you live outside. We have a short season. We want to make the most of our three or so months that we can comfortably be outside. And I think people should have it their way. Right. Oh, absolutely. No, you got to do that. And we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I'm not sure what this I lost one is. my te- Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, great uh, rush tunes all day today here on mm. Let's Talk Gardening. And then you can rush out and do some gardening. <laughs> rush out and get your seeds. Starting, starting tomorrow? Yeah, this week yeah. coming up. So, so um exciting. I would love to hear what people are excited to seed, like to get started. There's a few crops that we, you know, it might be a little early on some things, but um, I'm just thinking back for me last year, about February, I was doing tomatoes, celery, uh, leeks, some of those longer season things. I had some heritage pumpkins I was really keen to try that take like 120 days to mature. So those you would definitely start ahead of time. Absolutely. And then transplant. Yep, start um, them inside. And we just got a great text um, from Robin Sue. They have a couple uh, indoor gardens going and they got some gorgeous peppers like with four or five, six peppers on these two plants. And the stalks on them are just super thick. And they just harvested their herb one, and they they started another one. So it, they they got one that it sort of has the extended lights that go up. Um, so great looking. So lots of gardening you can do inside and uh, harvest your own uh, harvest your own peppers. Or- it's never been easier to do this type of thing. So. I remember back in the day, you'd have to come up with your own, you know, get like do-it-yourself heating mats and get your own, you know, use old yogurt containers or, you know, you'd have to kind of do it yourself. Yeah. Um, but there's so many indoor growing systems now. I think with the rise of cannabis becoming legal, a lot of people are trying that. And just I think as well, people are really 
being turned on to this idea that even if it's just herbs or leafy greens, you can do, you can grow that. And it's not that hard to do. Rob and Sue's photo um, is proof of that. It, they, it obviously green thumbs going here. There's a learning curve with these indoor setups where you've got the roots either in um, like a hydroponic setup. And I think that's what these smaller ones are. A lot of times they focus on, um, yeah, basically plants with fibrous roots. Yeah, um, and do really well with no soil, so you're yep. steady feeding them. Yeah, um, and a lot of times they work great. Um, but you just you gotta make sure you follow follow the rules and follow the directions. Follow manufacturer guidelines. Um, call the call us. Pop into the store if you have questions. Talk to other people who are doing this. I know there's lots of Facebook groups and and garden chats. Um, online where people can troubleshoot and i'm wondering with uh with their with their indoor garden with 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 those peppers i'm just going to ask rob and sue if you can either call or text us again just wonder like is the flavor just as good like growing it hydroponically in that with no soil um are you getting great flavor on those growing them yourself which i'm assuming you are because they they look great and you're mm-hmm. you're growing them yourself in there with I don't the, know where you could get nutrients. pepper seedlings this time of year anyway so I think those they started those from seed yeah but yeah. I mean just wondering if they taste it compared to growing soil because mm-hmm. I've always been more of a always a soil mm-hmm. growing in soil but I that this does interest me and obviously a lot of the tomatoes we buy like hot house tomatoes and mm-hmm. things like that are that and there's lots of good ones that you can get locally grown like Alberta and Medicine Hat there's lots of locally grown yep. greenhouse crops that uh, that are really quite good and tasty, and so just just curious on that, um, Rob or Sue, if you want to text back or give us a shout, and uh, just let us know and sort of what kind of t- time frame um, it takes to grow something like that. And that's sort of what Joanna's saying. We just want to hear what your thoughts are, how you, why you started growing, or, or what do you want to grow this coming year. And uh, the phone lines are wide open if you want to give us a shout. Four zero three. Nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. We got lots of texts coming in. Mm-hmm. But Robin uh, Sue got back to us and said the flavor is good, but they think soil might be better. And that is, um, you're always in that uh, zone of which which way to go. And I think some of these indoor grow um, stations can do either. I know that when you're going to go to hydroponic where you have water and you're basically feeding into the water different nutrients, it really, I've noticed, I've eaten um, a lot of, like now you can buy lettuce that's been grown in Alberta, Coaldale or wherever it's coming out of, and they're probably grown in like sea cans. You know, they're like these these, um, grow, grow containers that are all set up and you can almost taste... Uh, for me, I, I like it and I tried it and they almost taste a little plasticky. That's just a little bit. And oh, maybe, really? maybe there's some kinks being worked out in that. Um, I'm still going to give it a go. And when there's no other option, I'd rather buy an Alberta grown head of lettuce in January than something coming from California. Yeah. But if you ever bought me. one with the roots on it yeah. still? Yeah, they have the roots. Yeah. They're just kind of plunked in there and you can cut the roots. Uh, you could kitchen scrap garden that if you wanted to. Um, you'll have get you a little much part. You get a little, like I've done it with romaine, uh, when you have the roots still attached and you can get sort of, you can kind of get the heart of the romaine to come back up again, yeah. but it's not, you're not going to get a full, full head of lettuce no, no. unless you're really, uh, it's a labor of love there, but it's just like green onions, um, uh, celery. You'll get sort of an idea of it or a little flavor of it, but you won't get a whole, a whole re- new one. All right. Well, I got to take another break. You're listening to Let's Stock Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, that definitely gets you going, gets you reminiscing <laughs> if you're uh, twins, what age group, if you're, if you're listening to, uh, but uh, I think a lot of our listeners uh, would definitely bring back some uh, reminiscing of yeah. listening to some Rush, uh, some Rush yeah, yeah. among other good rock and roll bands here in, in Canada, which we're, we, we seem to have lots more of the, but I guess we do have Bieber, we do have other things as well. There's so many good musicians absolutely. coming out of this country, yeah. Let's go to David, and we're going to chat about some artichokes. Good morning, David. Morning. Are you in this bummy Calgary weather today? <laughs> yeah. No, we can. We're out there, out there harvesting artichokes today. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we don't live in Edmonton or Fort McMurray right now. So, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so, uh, wondering, I was trying to grow artichokes last year, and yeah. I found found a seed uh, just at one of the garden centers, but it was really long, like like 140 days, and just kind of did nothing forever. And the reason I'm kind of doing this is, I don't know if you've been to the Saskatoon farm um, in, yeah. the, like in the summer, and they have these beautiful artichokes, <laughs> and I'm like, who do they grow those things? So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. I know it's not something really um, that grows in Alberta, except when you go to the Saskatoon farm, they have these beautiful artichokes. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on those. Yeah, artichokes. Again, they, what they'll do is they'll those will be started a lot earlier in the season because there is a long growing duration to get them from seed to harvest. So, I, if if you're going to see them when they're more mature, like out at Saskatoon Farmer or anywhere else, you would definitely they would be just started earlier indoors. And like Joanna yep. talking about growing pumpkins or certain things, you would you would start early. And then grow them throughout the season, and then when you when you get them outside and all that, they look awesome. So, any yeah. any tips, Joanna? Yeah. Um. So I was just I David. I especially when I first moved here from Zone Five, Great Lakes. You know, humid summer growing. Um. I just was ready to jump right into it. Um. But with artichokes, um. They are such a long season plant that they you'll have to take them you'll have to start them uh, like about now or February uh, to really get and then also they do love they grow really well in like coastal California climate so we don't really have those warm nights that they're gonna want um, but what I did was I look into what what else is in that same plant family. And so I've jumped to alternatives, um, like close relations of the artichoke that do better here. Um, they're, a, they're a thistle, so salsify is something you could look up. I know uh, you can buy locally grown salsify at the farmer's market. So that's another resource. If I, when I was new here, what can be grown here aside from just you know, meeting neighbors and seeing what they're doing? I would walk the farmer's market. I would ask the local growers... How, what is it like to grow asparagus here? How, you know, I didn't know you had to wait three years before harvesting. Um, so salsify is one. There's edible chrysanthemums, um, the leafy okay. greens uh, that are featured pretty heavily in like Asian stir fry um, or fresh salads. Uh, sunflowers, sunchokes, or often called Jerusalem artichokes. Sunchokes right. are something you can grow here super high in niacin. Their uh, nutritional value is, is through the roof and they're uh, technically a root crop. But you get the bonus of having this sort of like sunflower shrub. Um, and I, I believe you have to dig them up and replant them here. Some people mulch heavily, and I've heard of some people getting them to come back from year to year, but I think they can be finicky. So in the instance of artichokes, I would turn to their, their more resilient cousins um, and check those out and just see if you have any luck with that. 
I think that's a good idea. Yeah. It, it's, it's just so fun going down to Saskatoon Farm and seeing these yeah. weird things they grow and like, you know, how the heck did they grow that in this climate? <laughs> just makes you true. wonder. Well, a little bit of cheating, I think. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, like and that's maybe. no, yeah. and that's what yeah. it is. Like when you go to the garden centers, you'll see things, and a lot of we're able to start them earlier. They come out of our grow hoses, and then when we put them on display, and all of a sudden it's a May long weekend, and we have stuff that's totally mature already, right? Um, ready to go, like retail ready. But we, yeah, we've started it. We've taken advantage of heated greenhouses, and and then yeah. bought them in and ready to go. And but that's what we need to do. Um. For those longer season crops. Yep. We can chat after the break about how to uh, get those uh, mature, ready-to-go plants uh, ready for our climate in May long weekend, that time of, that time of year. I'll, consider, I'll check these other options out. Uh, awesome. See, see how they do this year. Great. Thanks for the call. Thanks a lot. Yep. All right. We got to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I will choose a backlash career. I will choose free will. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I'm joined with Joanna Chudy. And uh, we are gardening here today on the radio and trying to... Uh, to get through these cold days, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's nothing better than uh, a little bit of gardening, looking at some uh, uh, fresh greens in your house or nice house plants, mm-hmm. um, the foliage and things that you get, um, all kinds of fun stuff. But let's go to Kim, and uh, we'll chat about some Hello, garlic. Can thing. you hear me? Yes. How are you, Kim? I'm awesome. I'm a little cold, but I'm awesome. How about you? Yeah, a little bit. You had the fireplace going in the office? <laughs> no, but it is actually quite warm in the studio because it's so airtight. Okay. And the door, like when you pull the door to leave because it's a soundproof room, yeah, it yeah. Weigh, weighs about 500 pounds. So <laughs> oh, it just, my goodness. So it, you uh, get to have a workout at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, I have a question. You know, um, we're all about new rage and bringing stuff from other countries. And so we've gone to the the potatoes, you know, the black Russian, olive, olive-like color, um, black Russian or Viking potatoes or purple potatoes, right? Well, the big rage for culinary this year, of course, is black garlic. And we haven't seen black garlic much in the culinary field. I'm not a culinary person. As I love to eat it, but mm. I don't do a whole lot. But I'm going to ask this new um, seed company that you have coming on, do they happen to have the seed for the black garlic? We know that the deeper the collar, i.e. blueberries or black anything, is good for antioxidants. It, it is on our list. Um it is? There's yeah. there's also I, I just just to differentiate here, um, black garlic is also a way of preparing regular garlic. So you could start with any type of garlic, as far as I understand, and it's a way of aging it um, and heating it over time that actually makes the cloves black. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen it myself um, 
like Lund's Organic Farm. They're a great uh, family-run farm right out of Innisfail. They offer black garlic at their stall in the farm, or they did at the stall in their farmer's market. I think they now sell through Santerra and Blush Lane. Um, okay. But I, just chatting with them, it was it, it's the way the garlic is prepared, um, not necessarily a type of garlic. So it's a type oh. of aged garlic, um, but the, you start off, I'm fairly certain, and listeners out there, please, if you know more than I do, call yeah. in, let us know. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's like smoking garlic or it's it's taking regular garlic and preparing it in a certain way that it turns it black. Um, so that's my understanding of what black garlic is. So I'm not necessarily so it'd be like dried garlic of some. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, just I, looking. My next yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sorry. Would be, I, I don't want something that is GMO. Mm-hmm. So you're talking most like of a the, Russian, Russian mo- yeah. garlic. Yeah. Most of yeah. the seeds and bulbs and that we bring into the store are all non-GMO. Okay. So unless we have some that's totally specified, um, we've we've really tried to work hard and have the more of the heritage seeds, the non-GMO seeds, because yeah. um, that is what people really want for the most part. Exactly. So exactly. we've worked hard to try to to get that for for everybody and continue to to bring that in for everybody. So awesome! Well, you guys do a great job. So, what is the name of this new seed company that's from the Lethbridge area? Again. Well, it, it's called Wild Rose Heritage Seed, and that one's not new. We've worked with Shane and his family for a couple of years now, three or four years, okay. um, and uh, those There's ones. But Pacific we do have a new something. one. Yeah, Pacific West is coming in. We have that coming from the it's from the Okanagan out of Vernon. So we're going to be having that one um, brought in, and uh, totally looking forward to to working with these guys. Okay, and, awesome. Uh, and you, and well, it's a great selection. And again, we just try to find local. Seeds, because so many of the seeds end up coming out of um, the U.S. and with the exchange, and they have a different seed rating than we do here in Canada. Like their rating isn't as high, so when you see a number one grade seed in Canada, it's a higher grade seed. So okay, so I have a question. <coughs> so the seeds that are coming out from the states, like I know that we have our zone, mm-hmm. right? So it'll be saying zone for zone five or zone three or so now these seats that come out from the state, are they um, compatible to our zoning? Um, uh, absolutely. No, and, and from BC or whatever, a zone is a zone and it really like a lot of our our shrubs and that are grown in, in BC, say in Kelowna. Like we have, a, we have a couple growers in there and then down in Ground Forks. Like with Braun and Sand, we we deal with them in bylands and and they grow for us, but it's more of the variety, and okay. and then when we bring it here, they're zone hardy for us. Okay, that's good to know. Super duper. All awesome. right. Well, I'm so excited for 2020. It's going to be like wow. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a good year. <laughs> so would would you say that you've already started to receive? some of your seed then? We, we got a small selection, but they will all be coming in this week. Uh, we get lots coming in this coming okay. week, so we should be fully stocked within two weeks for sure. Okay, yeah, because I'm from out of town, right? So I'm between Airdrie and Calgary, so yeah, it's a ways for me to get down to you. And yeah, the best way to too get- is when you're coming from that side of the town of city, just hit the Stony Trail, go all the way around. It turns yeah. into 22X. Yeah. 
And then you just turn on to the McLeod Trail south a bit, and then we're just a minute or two south of 22X. We need to have you guys have a store up north of our <laughs> end of the country. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll okay. see what we can do. All right. Okay, Thanks, thank Kim. You. Bye-bye. All right. Have a great day. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. All right. And here we have a Red Seal chef here. The slow cooking slightly ferments the garlic. Mm-hmm. Too much of a pain to actually do at home. Best buy it at TNT is a good bet to find. Okay, so that's what I thought. I knew that um, I was all excited that we had a new variety of garlic, but it was my hunch that it is, it's it's a way of preparing the garlic in a humidity and uh, temperature controlled um, environment, which it does, you know, I would take the advice of a Red Seal chef. If that's too finicky to do at home or you don't have the right setup, um, look for local producers that know what they're doing and, and have it available at a, at a good cost point. So, and, yeah. and and that is the, one of the nice things to see in our culinary environment here in Calgary, especially we're seeing lots of um, them growing their own herbs, growing mm-hmm. their own veggies mm-hmm. when they can, obviously. And I was actually in a new home and they, they have a grow fridge actually right to grow herbs. It grows trays oh, of herbs right in the fridge in the, in the house. Nice. So that's wow. it. I think Imagine it's those being installed in everyone's oh. kitchens down the line. Yeah, that but that's amazing. that's the way that's going though, right? Yeah. So you can do all your microgreens and this comes out in a tray. Obviously, you're not growing uh, like leaf lettuce and right. things like that. But a lot of quick, the quick cutting items. Radishes, yeah. things. Very so, cool. Yeah. And uh, that I was, I've never tried black garlic. I just looked it up really quick. It's um, a different, a different process than caramelization. It's called a Maillard reaction. So you could, people could look that up if they want to. Um, M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. And it gives hints of balsamic and smoky flavor to the garlic. Mm, so, sounds good. good. Yeah. All right. When we take a, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to chat with, uh, Brad, the Birdman's flying into town, so nice. we're going to chat with Brad. <laughs> it's always a popular segment on our show, and we're going to see what we can do for our little fine-feathered friends at this time of year, what they're going to need. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted tree care company. And for any pruning or tree removal, give us a call. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And, um, and just speaking a little bit about pruning, um, that we'll, we'll chat about that after. I promised that Brad the Birdman was here. Yeah, I forgot. let's hear about our, our feathered friends. Yeah. All right. Good morning, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Oh, just warming up. Yeah, you're out feeding the birds or what? Yeah, actually, I should probably check on those feeders. I haven't looked at them for a while. Yeah, they're all they're they're all waiting <laughs> out there waiting for you. After I'm telling everyone to feed them, yeah, I better feed ours. Yeah, no, but but it is at this time of year, it is quite important, isn't it? Oh yeah, very. Um, it's uh, again, I, I have said it, but I'll say it again too. It's when it gets colder, the the oils and the fatty acids in the seed are what help keep the birds warm. So when you get product like sunflower kernel or peanuts of any sort, um, they have a high, high oil content, and that works very, very well at keeping them warm. And a lot of the suet at this time of year is really good for them as well, isn't it? Yeah, suet, because it usually has a lard mixture that keeps all the seed and everything together, like almost in a block, 
and then they just pick at it, and yeah, it's it's great for them. And you'll notice this time of year that the birds will eat more. Now you might not notice your feeders going down as quick because you're only feeding the birds that stick around. A lot of the birds have gone south, but we have so many that stick around and count on that food. So yeah. So at this time of year, what kind of birds? Like I know we had blue jays still at the garden center, still at, just at Christmas time. Um, so will those birds stick, typically stick around, or they've they've headed out of town as well? No, bluebirds. Or sorry, not uh, bluebirds as well. Sorry, but the blue jays, they'll stick around all winter. Uh, uh, there's so many like pine siskins, red poles, chickadees, nuthatches, the family of woodpeckers, um, brown creepers. Um, there's so many that stick around all year. And uh, I was gonna. Not to change the subject too much, but the brown creeper is an unbelievable bird because what they do is they hang around any kind of tree, usually spruce trees, and what they do is they pick insects off, off the tree from the top to the bottom. Wow. Yeah, so a lot of those, so if you are bringing the birds into your garden, they actually are quite beneficial because they do take care of a lot of the, the bugs and things in your yard, and they sort of create that natural environment um, that uh, just adds to the to the garden and uh, and the feeders. I always like to call it like reality TV. You kind of get uh, um, yeah. your own personal turn off the survivor or or something else and uh, just uh, turn on your bird feeder and uh, it, <laughs> entertaining. It, it, it it is very entertaining, especially that you get the cedar waxwings in. And usually this is the time of year where they'll come in in those flocks and they'll go after your, your mountain ash where the berries are still hanging on there or the crab apples. And they'll just come in like 500 at a time, land on your tree, and then when they leave, there's not a, not a berry left. Picked clean. I saw yeah. um, out our living room window the other day, I saw a really beautiful dark-headed um, bird, and I looked it up, a dark-eyed junco. I hadn't seen those before. And they were just kind of all over picking at the ground, at the pine needles and the, the garden mulch. Um, I'd never seen those, so that was really cool to, I tune into what's going on with the birds and stuff in our yard, and I'm totally blown away by the variety of seed that, that they're after, um, and that we sell at the shop. I had no idea that blue jays ate peanuts. I thought it was the squirrels, but it's so cool to like learn and, and watch how you feed the birds and see what birds actually show up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And and like I say, the, the peanuts is a good one because not many birds won't eat it. But when you get into the smaller songbirds, um, like a junco and all that, they like the, the sunflower kernel because it's a lot smaller and it still does, has the same effect as a peanut when you're talking about health and the oil and all that stuff. Um, but just much easier for them to eat. And the good thing, like I've said with the kernel in the past, is there's no waste. Any uh, birds have a, a hierarchy, so some birds get to eat first. It's no different than an alpha wolf. Um, so with those birds, when they're on the feeder, they'll throw seed down on the ground, and you'll see birds all over the ground. Well, it's because they're not allowed on the feeder yet. Okay. Oh, a little yeah, bit of so a, a literally a pecking order. Just like when, do just like when Brad and Merle are on the buffet line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I eat second. I eat second, let's What's be clear. <laughs> I hope you get some uh, peanuts, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just hope there's something left. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, Merle, one more quick one, too. I just wanted to, we've had a lot of people in asking why our bag of our sunflower kernel is different and so just to clarify we still have the sunflower kernel still the same great seed it's grade a quality uh but we have a different supplier we we've changed from buying out of 
Ontario to now buying out of Alberta. So and, like you say, that local, right? And, no, and that was important to us. And again, it's the carbon footprint, saving a little bit on freight. And then we have such a good local bird company, um, food company, growing everything locally here in Alberta. We definitely want to keep our money in Alberta, support our, our local um, vendors and local employment and and wherever we can do that so that's a very good point brad i'm glad you mentioned that and it does make a big difference and and it's but they, it, it is a little different but it's still the same great quality if not better um it's uh like i said local and and, and when you do look at a bird seed that we carry the quality if you do look at the price it, it is a bit more money than the big bag you see at the box store but half that bag that you see that's great big bag for 15 or 20 bucks half it doesn't get eaten it gets all thrown all over the ground and then no one ends up eating it yeah that's right and what they do is to make it that cheap is yeah you might get some sunflower in there Merle but it's still shelled so you're dealing with the mess of the shells, and then what they do to get the weight up, so it looks like you're getting all this big 15, 20-pound bag of bird seed at a great price, they fill it with millet. And some birds will eat millet, but like you said, more than half ends up on the ground, and the issue with millet is millet can grow. Yeah, so that's what you see your bird feeder, and it has a big jungle growing underneath <laughs> it. Exactly. And, Those yeah. seeds are viable, right? Yeah. 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 But they're not, uh, yeah. So those are those some of the, some of the reasons. So when you are looking at it, when you do get the, the good quality bird seed, and once people use it, they see the the difference and they see the non waste, and we get people coming back and back and back. And that once you get into it, 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 it is such a it's a great little hobby, and uh, and just getting the good quality feeder, the proper house if you want to do some housing of your birds as well, and uh, and of course the food. So. Yeah, for sure. And I know we're still trying to get our supplier to get us some proper outdoor um, heated bird baths, and hopefully we can resolve that within the next couple of weeks. I know we've promised people we're trying to we're working on that, so hopefully we can get that because um, getting water out. But there's some things you do if you go to a pet store, even getting the heated dog dish, um, put that out on the deck, just get a little bit of water out there. Hundred percent, and that and that's one thing I me- I forgot to mention. So I'm glad you did. Uh, water is very very important. If there's snow out there, they can just grab snow like a dog would grab snow. So yeah. that helps. But like having a bath, they still bath all winter. Yeah. And there's a myth that oh my God, the bird was in the bird bath, went to fly away and left, and fell to the ground because he was frozen. No, they don't. They they're smart enough not to do that to themselves. Yeah. For okay. Sure. Hey, Brad, I'm going to bring on a caller. Lucille has a question about northern flickers, and then uh, you know a little bit more about this bird thing than uh, Joanna and I. So while we have you on the line, we'll take a call, and uh, we'll see what Lucille has to say. But we'll, actually, I'm going to take a break, and then right after we get after the break, um, we'll chat with Lucille and Brad about northern flickers. So I'm just going to put you on hold, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Birds on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm here with Joanna Chudy. And also we have Brad the Birdman, and uh, he's chatting some bird talk right now which is a segment we do every couple weeks or so during the wintertime and throughout the summer. Um, Welcome back, Brad. And I'm going to pull Lucille up on the line as well, and uh, we'll chat with her 
about some northern flickers. Good morning, Lucille. Good morning. How are you guys? Good, good. How can good. we help you, or how do you have some info for us? Well, yeah, I got a question. Um, I've got. I had two uh, northern flickers here back in September on the thirtieth when we had snow, but it was kind of a nice warm day, and they were just behaving so weird. And I just wondered what was going on. They almost looked like they were courting. You know, they were both sitting on the my uh, on a you know a fence thing, and just bobbing their head back and forth at each other, and and. Now I, I grabbed my phone and took a video, and they were there for well over three minutes. Of course, I couldn't hear them because I didn't want to go outside and disturb them, but I just wondered well, what they were doing at that time of year. It was so cold, but obviously not spring. Were they confused? <laughs> hey, Bra- any idea? Hey, Brad, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, you're bang on. They were most likely courting, and it sounds funny to, in the fall, but they do start that early, and a lot of times they'll start courting before they even go south. And some of them stay half the winter, but a lot of times a flicker will go south. Um, But just lately, in the last maybe five years or so, they say that because our winters have been milder, they have been sticking around longer. But with this cold spell, the ones that stuck around aren't going to be liking it much. They'll be heading south quick. Right, yeah, because I did have them last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've seen them as, uh, as early as last week as well by the store here. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. yeah, that's all it was. They were courting and oh, okay. And, they, and I've never seen two before in my art at the same time, which you know was very u- unusual for me. But obviously, okay. Yeah, so that yeah. is for sure. That's that's all that was for sure. Okay, so maybe fill us in on uh, on the flickers, Brad and Lucille. Like, what type of birds are they for the other uh, non-bird they, people? They they're they're from the woodpecker family. So they the, the thing that. They're a beautiful bird, but what people don't like about them sometimes, especially spring, is when they're nesting, they like to nest in wood like woodpeckers do in trees. The problem with flickers is they like to jump on your house and peck and go through your siding and make a nice hole and get in that insulation and make a nice nest. Yeah. And that's not, not great for your house or whatever. So you can deter them, like blast them with a, like a water hose or whatever so you don't hurt them, but they go nest somewhere else. Yeah, and well, the cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. The, just the coolest thing last year was I had had one that was doing just that. It was pecking, but it was in the a tree, a limb yep. that was sort of dead, you know, and and it made a hole. And it so then about oh, I don't. Well, in the spring, then all of a sudden I noticed the chickadees at that hole, and they were hollowing it out a little more. And didn't the chickadees actually make a nest in there? It was so cool. And they had babies, you know, watching them go in and out in the where the woodpecker had made the hole in the in the dead tree branch, so or tree trunk. Yeah. Yeah, so chickens kind of usually cool. do that. They'll uh, they'll take old abandoned nests over all the time. They they very rarely would make their own. They're always in a tree, but they mm-hmm. take old old nests over for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the the flicker's a beautiful bird, and it will like they eat lots of insects. That's the other thing too. If you notice them hanging around your house, and it's like like they're gonna start making a mess of your place. All right. Um, make sure you hose your house off even a bit get rid of spider webs and all that stuff because they will go there and try and eat all insects which is great but also in their head it's a food source and they'll stay there and they they potentially could nest yeah right Mm -hmm. i've heard that and i do keep an eye out for that but they're so i just love watching them because that patch on their front you know they're very colorful you know Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, so that answers my question. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lucille, yeah. for calling in. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. And actually, Brad, we got another one here, so you're going to have to stick around a bit more, <laughs> and we're going to go to Marguerite. Good morning, Marguerite. 
Margaret. Oh, sorry. It just got cut off on my screen. It says Margaret. No, it's Margaret. Hey, okay. I'm calling. Hi, I, I, I've got a Stella's Jade. I come to my garden every day. And I was wondering, like, I've been feeding peanuts, so that's a good thing, right? Yeah, Stellar Jays are beautiful. Yeah. And they stick around all winter as well. Stellar Jays, you find more in the foothills and then in the mountains. Yeah. But in the older areas, I'm not sure where you live, a lot of times you will get Stellar Jays through here all winter and summer. Oh. But, yeah, they, they're identical to a Blue Jay from the Blue Jay family. Do they look uh, like a Blue Jay? Well, they're way Pardon prettier. Me? Yeah, they're they're darker in color and they have like a almost a starling blue to them oh, nice. on their in their head and stuff. Yeah, like a sapphire we've had them blue. at the store. Hey, I'm just commenting. You were mentioning that uh, cedar waxings were coming. Those are bohemians, you know. Okay. Yeah, not cedar. Yeah, we have both. Yeah, we get both. You get both in the in the winter. Yeah, in the fall, maybe not so much. The ones you'll see right now are cedar, and then it, earlier in the fall, a lot of times you'll see bohemian. Yeah, because I, I swear, mine and my garden are always bohemians. Yeah. We'll have to play the Queen song when they come yeah. flying in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. All right. And we got time for another call here, Brad. Uh, the bird lines are filling right up. <laughs> have to, uh, we'll have to do this more often at this time of year. Collins All right. Hey, we're going to go to Jim, and he's got some barn swallows, and I've experienced these a couple times. Good morning, Jim. Thank you. So just real quick, I've got a, I've got a family of barn swallows that are absolutely relentless every year. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, the, the, the work ethic of that bird is incredible. But, it's like the and, beaver. And I, Oh, man. So they come into this one spot in my house all the time, and I've been looking at them, and, and, and I'm actually, as I researched them, they're actually, I guess, protected under the Migratory Bird Act. So, like, I think once they have nested and have eggs, they te- technically I don't even think you can touch the nest anymore. So I try to keep this nest down all the time. I've seen some stuff with, like, almost a spike thing that you see them on top of light posts and stuff in, in some areas. Like, do you have anything like that, or is that something that you recommend? Like, I don't, I don't mind them because they eat their weight in mosquitoes. I think every night or something, but I just don't want them on my house. Yeah, we, we have seen those. I'll just answer this one real quick. I have seen those quite a bit, and we are trying to get those in. And what it is, they attach them to the tops. Um, and areas, but the barn swallow, it, they love to attach even to the side and to the rafter, so it's really hard to, I think they'll go below if you put those spike things, so they're a little tougher to, to control that way. So would you have any other suggestions then, or what, what about your, your guests? Was, yeah, was, Brad, you know what are your thoughts? Um, again, when you see them start, you're right, 100%. They build a nest. They, they're protected. You can't do anything with that. Um, but if you can hey, Jim, start, I'm going to have to let you go there. You're, yes, unless you okay. can, yeah, keep your phone there because it's a lot quieter whenever you, if you move it the other way, we hear your motor running. Are we, are we, are we good? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yep. Um, yeah, so if you, yeah, they are protected. So if they have a nest, you can't touch them. But, but. Once you see, if you see them starting to again, that blast of a hose, you can also put up those uh, fake owls or fake hawks. The thing with that is, if you put that up, like we have a good one at the store, when the wind blows, the head moves, and that helps a ton. But you should still move that uh, owl around because they will get used to it. Um, but like Merle said earlier, they they're those spikes are great, but. Not for a barn swallow, because they'll just build below. They'll build wherever they can. So there's, it's, it's a tough one. It's, they're really hard to get rid of. 
Okay. Well, he's probably just listening. He hung up there because his phone was going a little crazy. Hey, okay. And Brad, I'm going to take a break, and then we'll just put you on hold, and then we'll come back. We have a couple more um, bird questions, and uh, so we'll continue on this bird talk for a little bit more. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. <laughs> Any more <coughs> No, he didn't respond. I don't think we, uh, yeah, it just takes so long, like, that you can respond, it takes up to six months. Mine still, look, it takes forever. It's frustrating, to be honest, like, you think, you see it sitting there, and you think, okay, okay. Look forward to trying it. Maybe you can make a big batch in the warehouse when we come visit. We should actually. I should. That's so you can hear your parents faintly talking. Yeah. In the background right now with when we're talking. Oh. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and I'm joined with uh, Joanna Chudy who her and I are on hold a little bit right now. Yeah, as enjoying we the have, bird talk. Yeah, we Sorry. have uh, Brad the Birdman. He's uh, chatting with us. And uh, I love that. What a great topic. I I love that name too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it works out so well. All right, let's go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How was things? Yes, cold. Yes. Did you get my text? Yes, yes, you were asking about the the rescue parrot. Yes, I I, I don't know if if there's someone trying to rescue a parrot. There I think is it, that I, lady. I, yeah, but yes. I think she's a whole society. She's run out of funding or running low of funding, so she can no longer accept parrots to help rescue in our area. Well, I want to help. Okay, um, I would just con- I don't know the number, but if anybody has uh, access to that story, it was just on Global yes. and Seven Seventy last week. Um, it's a local rescue parrot. Um, Brad, do you know the name of that one by any chance? Uh, sorry, I don't. I don't know that one at all. Okay, yeah, it was on. I did, it was on there, but she has a foundation, a local foundation. I didn't realize there was that many a need to rescue that many parrots in our area. Um, but Joyce, I will. Uh, I will see what I can do. Um, okay. Maybe I'll put you on hold, and uh, we can just take. Um, Brian can just take your info offline, and if we find out, we'll get in touch with you. Okay, good. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Brad, we got one more here. We're going to another story about flickers, so let's uh, let's chat with... This one is Marguerite. Hi, Marguerite. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can you help us, or how, what kind of story you got for well, us on? Well, I have a story about flickers. We have a quite a large tower feeder hanging outside the window, and uh, it's supposed to drop down if the big heavy birds come on. And there's a flicker who's figured it out, and it sits. It's a female, and it sits, and it bends itself around and gets into the, the sunflower seeds, and, and I've got shell. Uh, they're, they're not shell. I mean, they are shelled. 
and it just sits there and eats, and it's just really quite interesting. <laughs> but I have a question. Yep. Some time ago, someone told me that, because we have sparrows at this theater, and they really annoy me, and uh, if I put a feeder out for just with food for sparrows, that they wouldn't come to the sunflower seeds, but they sure do. And I'm just wondering, is there some magic thing I can do? Um, hi there. Um, tough. What you used to be able to do, and it works to a certain degree, is you could put a ground feeder down. And when you put a ground feeder down, it's just made out of a mesh, so any moisture can drip through it and doesn't make your seed go rotten or anything. And some people were putting the cheaper bird seed in there and letting the sparrows have their thing and then the ones that didn't like the sparrows, of course. And then you get all the pretty songbirds eating the sunflower kernel. But it doesn't take long for them sparrows to figure out where the good food is. And when they get that many, like say you have five, ten chickadees or nut hatches or whatever, you usually have 30 sparrows. So they'll take it over. Yep, that's true. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really tough. I, I don't have an answer. It's, uh, you know, like you'll still get chickadees and nut hatches and red poles and all that will still come in. It just won't be as frequent because mm-hmm. the... Uh, the sparrows are eating you out of house and home. Yeah, this is true. Okay. All right. Thanks, well, Marguerite. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy your show, Merle. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye. And uh, we uh, one of the we got a text in and says birdline.ca is the rescue foundation, so um, they can check that one out and uh, and see if that is the one that uh, is the is the parrot rescue foundation. <coughs> Anyways, Brad, so thanks. Uh, yeah. We covered a lot. Um, and again, get this is going to be a cold, cold week. So um, suet and sunflower seeds, any other thing, quick one, Brad, that you'd recommend for people? Is if you can get the bird bath out there, like you say, we're trying to f- source them, but the heated dog dish something, they really, really can use the water. And other than that, you're, you're, you should be good to go. Awesome. Um, we had a listener text in, Brad, before you go. He was mentioning the, the dog dish and saying if you could insulate the bottom of it, like cut a hole in some rigid insulation or something. That helps, too, obviously. Keep the heat in. For sure. Yeah. And never make sure the depth of the water is only like an inch high. You know how yep. deep the dog dishes are deep? Yep. Birds won't go in it. So only about an inch at the most high. And right. also just make sure it's really, really clean, right? We don't want to have dogs drinking out of it and birds bathing in it. It could be sort of cross-contamination with bacteria. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. you clean it daily for sure. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, Brad. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, and that was Bird, the Bradman from down in Spruce It Up. So if you have any bird questions, Brad's down there Sunday to Thursday, pretty much all the time. Yeah. And uh, to answer any of your bird questions. And whatever else is going on. All right, we're going to take a break. And then we had a couple questions about growing cannabis. And actually, Dwight is on the phone line. He's going to, uh, he's a local cannabis grower that's going to help us out and maybe give us some tips on uh, growing some cannabis here. All right, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we're going to go to Dwight, and we're going to talk about growing some cannabis. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. Hey, Joanna. How's it Hi. going? Great. How are you? Good, good. Great show. Great show. I like to hear about the birds. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, always a popular topic, and uh, another thing that is, uh, we're over a year now in, in Canada where cannabis has been legal, and uh, people have taken on some growing. We've had... We've had 
uh, and definitely not as big a, a thing as we first thought um, people growing it because it, it isn't as easy as maybe a tomato. So so maybe, Dwight, maybe you can give us uh, the Coles notes on if someone's thinking about to growing a little bit of cannabis, maybe what how to start or what to do. And because uh, I know you've sent in pictures to me and uh, you definitely know what you're doing on that on that end. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends on what, what they want. If they want a specific breed, like a specific type, they can go with seeds to start. If they if say they want uh, like a high CBD yeah. uh, and, and low THC yeah. for, for more pain and so on and so forth, um, they can they can order them through, you know, Crop King and yeah. uh, online. And they can order whatever they want. And then if you're going to start with seeds, um, you're definitely going to need a... Um, like a little humidity dome. Okay, so like there's yeah. little uh, the the sunblaster little dome. Um, it has a if you want it. Does a heating pad help with them? Do they like the the heat underneath? Yeah, I mean you can use a heating pad if you want, or you can just build a little box and put a like a incandescent light bulb in there. Yeah, and that kind of heats the bottom too. Okay. Um, yeah, um, my little stand is just off the floor, so I've got a little heater that kind of just. Like they got to keep them around eighty degrees and total darkness. And, okay, so when you when you're germinating, they they need total darkness. Yeah, just moisture, air, uh, about eighty degrees Fahrenheit, and and total darkness. And then, um, Dwight, we had a we had a listener text in and ask around timing for propagation. So whether they're doing clones or seedlings, I guess, or seed. What would you say to that? If for a newbie, a newbie cannabis well, grower, when should they, they start things? Yeah, clones are way easier, okay. way easier. Like if you have a friend that has a plant, mm-hmm. you can take a cutting and then, you know, strip off the lower leaves. But you, when you peel them off, you have to peel it so that it takes a strip off the stem. Okay. And, is and that, then, does that encourage root growth? Is that why you do that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. the roots come from the inside, not the outside. So yeah, when so you strip off the lower leaves, you're burying the inside part. Okay. Yeah, opening up the tissue to it, right, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like a uh, you know, root stimulator powder. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, you put that on and then right in the dirt. And I'm not kidding you, they grow like crazy. Wow, okay. So those, they yeah. do root quite easy because they are quite a fibrous plant. So I can see that. Um, yeah, so- no, they... Yeah, like if you've got a friend that's got a plant, just take a cutting. Do you do any hydroponic at all, or do you do strictly soil? I tried hydroponic, you know, but it just didn't work for me. No. Um, It's such a huge setup, and I tried it just on a real cheap, cheap, you know, way to go, and it just didn't seem feasible to me to have a big setup like that. Yeah, Um, the cost is quite a bit more, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can go as expensive or as cheap as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine took a cutting off one of my plants, right? Mm-hmm. And we started it, and it, it took right away. And what he did was he went to an appliance store, and he got a cardboard box from an appliance store. Yeah. And then went to Home Depot and got a sheet of that three-quarter inch uh, uh, foam insulation. Mm-hmm. And it's four-by-eight sheet for 13 bucks. And then he just cut it and lined the inside of the box so it's got the reflective. Yeah. And then he got three of your sunblasters and just hung them vertically inside. Well, okay, That's so he created his own grow box. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just a little box. I mean, you can keep it in a heated garage or in one of your closets if it's big enough so for you know. What about the, box. like the, and some of the the varieties of cannabis are quite fragrant and you know, not necessarily bro, the. Yeah, we talked about that last year in March. Yeah, and my first three seeds that well, I had four, but one died. <laughs> but the first three seeds were lemony lemon. 
Okay. And and then I've got four now because the lemony lemon was done. I, I re-vegged them, actually. I cut them back. Yeah. And they bushed right back again. Mm. So I got to flower those three plants twice. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they were really hardy. Like, once you cut them back, and, you know, most people, because you get so attached to them, you just don't have the heart to kill them. Yeah. So yeah. When you, yeah, when you cut so them back. growing a cow you in your them, backyard, right? Yeah, well, you cut them back. And just to the point where there's still enough growth on it. Yeah. And they come back twice as bushy. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you can have you can have two or three plants last you eight, nine months. Okay. And typically from seed to harvest, what's the average? Okay. From seed, um, you know, to grow a plant that's about three or four feet tall, yeah. one plant from seed is going to take you about three months. Okay. Yeah. So, so which and isn't then, too bad. And then it's another nine weeks for flowering. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you have to scare them into flowering. You turn off all the lights and everything for 48 hours, and then you change your light cycle to 12-12 from 18-6. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then and then it, they just start flowering. And then, you know, depending on, you know, how potent you want your flowers, you really have to keep an eye on the little the little white hairs that come on the leaves with oh, the okay. flower. Yeah. If they start to turn kind of a purplish color... Yeah, that's when you harvest. Oh, okay, because they go from clear to, to cream, like a milky color, and then if they start to turn purple, then you're losing value. Okay, well, Dwight, what I'm going to do is I'll get in touch with you in uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll maybe get you back on a little bit earlier because I'm out of time here, um, okay. and maybe we'll just do a little bit longer segment and we'll we'll chat a little bit more about this. And uh, yeah, like if, for the for a novice guy, just to buy a box or get a box from a you know, like you can go as cheap or as expensive as you want. Awesome. But, I mean, to start cheap. And then see what you can do with it. Humidity's got to be around 60. Temperature's got to be between 75 and 85 consistently. Yeah. And, you know, your light cycles are important, but, uh, you know, that's the way to keep them happy. They've got to have their own little environment. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dwight. i got to go. Okay. Thanks, Don't man. Worry, guys. Yeah, happy nice. new year. Bye-bye. All right. Good to hear from our listeners, and uh, and thanks for the resources. Thanks for Brad the Birdman uh, calling in today. Dwight, thank you, Joanna. Thanks for having me. It was yes, fun. of thank course. You. And uh, thanks for all our texters and color inners and all that. Till next <laughs> week, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.